0: Welcome back to Shuttle Squad, your new favorite badminton podcast. It's episode four and the first one with our European men's double champion Marvin Seidel, my fellow German. We talked about his start of the year, the upcoming European championships on home soil, his upcoming match against his latest training partners in Thailand and in the end, he even turned things around and asked me a few questions. And even though it was a little weird interviewing Marvin in English and not in German, um, I think we did a good job. I really enjoyed the episode. I hope you will as well. My name is Tommy. I'm your host. And now we just dive right in. Marvin, welcome to the episode. Great to have you here for the first time. How's it going?
1: Yeah, thank you. I was really much looking forward to our first episode. So yeah, uh, it's going great. i um, looking forward to what we're going to talk about and uh, i'm excited to be here uh
0: let us know where you are right now you guys are traveling a lot at the moment um i think it's the fifth week of the year fourth tournament already for you where are you now
1: yeah i'm right now in bangkok uh, actually next to the mbk cent- center My, some people might know it uh, one of the biggest shopping centers in, uh, in bangkok so yeah that's cool and as you said uh fifth week also away from home for me already. Uh, I have not been home a single day in January yet and I won't be because uh, our flight home is scheduled I think for Friday or Saturday night. So I will come back in February and not have had a single day at home in January. How stressful
0: is this, uh, this period right now with all the traveling and not being at home? Does it affect you or is it also just business as usual kind of?
1: Yeah, I mean, being home, being away from home for five weeks is always a little stressful, annoying, slash just tough for mind and body, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I I would not say that it's just like any other week uh, of the year. Uh, it's definitely tougher, but uh, nevertheless, of course, we are used to it. And I look very much forward to the tournament here. So uh, the... Yeah, excitement about still playing badminton uh, in asia is always there
0: yeah you've had you've had some weeks already with uh, malaysia india uh, indonesia sadly not as successful as you probably might have hoped
1: um yeah, how would you, how you recap the first weeks um yeah so actually we started in dubai um from 30th of December um, with a training week uh, with the Indians who are now back at world number one, amazing, they had a few better weeks than us in uh, Malaysia and India, Uh, so kudos to them. Yeah, they had good training Um, partners, I guess. Yeah, really, and the training was also great, Like we, we played amazing against them, we had a few really good days there in Dubai and uh, therefore our expectations were also a little higher than uh, what we achieved now in these 3 weeks uh, lost every tournament in the first round which uh, was a bummer to be honest um that's tough for the mind of course uh, being away from home and then uh, not getting any points or prize money or good feelings uh, at the tournaments um yeah so that's of course not the nicest feeling but nevertheless uh, as i said I still want to play badminton, I still want to go out there and compete and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this week and hopefully we can perform a little better, win a few matches and yeah, we never doubt that we are able to, to perform at our highest level and uh, I hope we can show this this week.
0: Yeah, you're playing against a Korean, Korean pair, Kim and Kim? Um, yeah,
1: haven't... yes and no actually, um, at the managers meeting we got the information that they pulled out so uh, oh. now we have new opponents. Uh, we just got the information like an hour ago, um, okay. and we play Paul Reynolds and Joshua McGee. Uh, oh, from Ireland. the Irish! Yes, and actually, it's very funny because we just had a main hall practice with them. Like, I texted <laughs> them yesterday evening if they want to join our practice, and uh, so yeah, that's, that's quite funny and what a coincidence that we just practice with the people <laughs> that we now play against. Uh,
0: so, yeah, but it's would, cool. Would you usually do that? Like, if you know you play them first round, ask them for a training session so close before the tournament? Probably Probably not. (laughs) not.
1: To be honest, probably not. Um, I think then it's always a little weird if, uh, like, you want to do something and then they want to do something. But, you know, like, you're going to play them the next day. Uh, (laughs) Probably if we had to decide, then uh, we would not do it. But now it's just uh, funny and, like, no uh, no one really cares. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you didn't know while you were training, so yeah correct didn 't affect anything like how is it usually with i also talked to to Kirsty about this the training with with all the different uh, nationalities and countries um, is it is it just a, a good atmosphere, even though you're opponents every now and then, or is it just
1: yeah I think mostly we are all really fr- friendly to each other um, i mean it it's like a badminton family you know and uh, especially when uh, when you can speak the same language, like not not everybody here is capable of speaking English and we obviously can't speak Chinese or Korean for example, or Japanese, so uh, sometimes there is a little language barrier um, but as soon as that is gone I think everybody likes to talk and play with each other and also to have uh, a little bit of fun and practice sometimes uh, getting to play different uh, training partners than you usually have um, so, yeah, I would say the badminton community here uh, out at the tournaments is pretty good. And, uh, yeah, we all enjoy being here all together. I think
0: what people might ask themselves, if you if you play a tournament and, and you lose the first round, you have quite a lot of time until the next tournament arrives. And then you're not home, you cannot do what you usually would probably do. How do you spend your time uh, in, in those weeks when you're away from home and not play? Because, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, we we try, of course, to train a lot. Um, so, yeah, also to get better, to get the bad feeling of the loss in the tournament out. Um, sometimes I even train on the same day again that I lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe a little uncommon for most players, but I just like to to get it out of my head, especially if we, like, play in the morning maybe not the best feeling and then, I mean, in, in Germany back home, I'm used to training twice a day uh, normally as well, so why don't do it uh, on a tournament day as well uh, when you lost? And um, then you also can work maybe on a few things that didn't work so well in matches, for example, and uh, yeah, you just get the bad feeling out of the body. And um, yeah, then of course, I mean, half of the tournament is out after the first two days, right? Like half of the players. Um, Only one pair or player can advance to the next round and uh, obviously therefore there are also a lot of international training partners that could be out there and uh, I try to be uh, as open as possible for anybody who's up for a good training session and uh, I always text uh, all the Asian players as well who I know that would be up for training Uh, and yeah I, I really like to then also have a good session with many different nations.
0: You say you try to get the bad feeling out of your head. How long does it take you for uh, to, to get over a, a tough loss? <laughs> uh,
1: sometimes pretty long, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, it can be very frustrating and it sticks to your mind for a few days, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it always depends on how you lost, how you felt on court, uh, mm-hmm. what were the reasons. and. Uh, sometimes it's just bad luck, then it's probably a little easier, but if you really underperform for your standards, then it can stick in your mind a little longer and a good training session or maybe two good training sessions can can do wonders there.
0: <laughs> yeah, is it easier if you if you perform well and then lose a close one, or if you just underperform and have no chance what is what is tougher?
1: <laughs> it's a tough question because it depends also on, uh, on uh, what is on the line. Uh, probably no, if you sure. perform well at a uh, world championship final but you still lose, then you will be devastated no matter what. Even if you, if you play bad and lose, then it's also bad. But I think Selena also said it like you rather win ugly uh, than mm-hmm. lose pretty. So I would always take the win uh, over, an, uh, over good performance as well. Uh, nevertheless, I think it's a little easier to cope with a good loss than with a bad loss.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but yeah, obviously you're all professionals. Winning, winning is the priority when you when you step on court. Um, but the, the last few months was also a little tougher for you because you could not perform as much. Um, I mean, it's been a few months back now. But with the injury of Mark, uh, there was still one question that I had in my in my head: is uh, how do you feel when you are actually fit and ready to play, but you cannot because your partner is injured? How do you keep yourself yeah. motivated and, and, and fit? And what do you what do? you do? <laughs> because then you're probably at yeah, home. It's and a,
1: so, yeah. yeah, true. It's, it's a difficult situation, that's for sure. Um, so for all the people who don't know, uh, I think after the European Games, Mark got an arthroscopy for his knee um, and yeah, he was out for at least 6-7 weeks I would say and still after these few weeks uh, he was not able to perform on the level that he, he used to do um, and actually he still has a little bit of a struggle although it's now half a year um, so his knee is not 100% perfect and definitely also his uh, physical condition is, is not where it could be um, nevertheless. In the time that he was completely out i tried to focus a lot on myself uh of course i could have uh, sat there and also just be annoyed by the situation and uh, i would like to play uh, why is he not fit and all this stuff but Mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows that this is not what what helps you in the future so i try to wrap my mind around okay what what can i do to be as ready as possible when when mark is back because i also knew probably his his shape wouldn't be as perfect as it as it used to be and therefore i um might be in a position where i just have to deliver better um and run more and just make him feel that hey okay i'm your partner i got you um and yeah that's what i tried to do i think I, I spent that time in the summer actually pretty pretty good for uh my endurance, for my overall strength, my conditioning. Um, I had a few weeks in, in Scotland also, for example. I tried to get good training partners there, especially when in Germany some players were on, uh, on tournaments and not too many people were there for training. Uh, I tried to pick the right weeks uh, where, where I get good sparring anyways and uh, yeah, luckily for example Ingo in Scotland is a head coach and I know him of course quite well, Ingo Kinderfather. Uh, who used to be our coach as well, and uh, then I texted him, hey, is it possible to come for, I, was, I think it was like 10, 11 days, and uh, they were well, very welcoming, um, they were happy that I could be there, and I trained a lot with the Grimleys, uh, Alex and Adam, and uh, yeah, all the other young uh, guys in, in Scotland as well. Uh, that was pretty cool, and my wife uh, had summer vacation, she's a teacher, so she was able to come with me as well, um so yeah it was overall a pretty good time actually although of course I would have rather played tournaments and uh, do what I what, what I normally do yeah but uh, I think in general I succeeded pretty well in doing the best I can to be in a, as a good shape as possible when Mark's coming back and, and I think also uh, as soon as Mark braced his level again and was ready to perform on a high level uh, we had some pretty decent wins uh, at the end of the year um so, yeah, in general, I think uh, it was the right decision and uh, a good way to have some time to work on myself.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like uh, if you if you change your environment a little bit and train with some other groups, it also keeps your, your head busy and you don't think think too much. But uh, yeah, is, for sure, would, for sure. would you say that there's a, um, like, I mean, now you experience, like, obviously you train in Germany a lot, then you... Uh, Visit scotland and you also had were in dubai now is there a difference in uh, training how they train training atmosphere or would you say it's more or less the s- similar or the same because it's still badminton
1: um, overall yeah, of course every every nation has a little different approach to it and maybe some some things that they focus on a little more or a little less um Especially the, the interval times are, are different throughout the nations. Like, we, we are used to quite short amount of time for one exercise and then have a break and then go again. Uh, while in Scotland, uh, the intervals were definitely longer, like more of a five, six minute turn. And in uh, uh, Germany, would probably go like two minutes normally. Mm-hmm. Of course, that depends also a little bit on in what training phase you are. Um, but I think that's like something that could be. Uh, very different from nation to nation um, and then of course there are some exercises that you have never done before like they are doing it uh, at this certain place mm-hmm. um, but nevertheless as you said in the end it's badminton and if you have done the, set, the, uh, the setup for like one or two times then you also know what's important and uh, you can adapt quite well. Nevertheless, I would say the adaption process is very important. Um, mm-hmm. I think you learn a lot through it. You learn a lot on what different focus you could set. Also, maybe something that you have not thought about before, because you're just used to something different, uh, and that definitely helps keeping your mind busy, as you said before, and uh, to develop in every area.
0: It's it's super interesting, and I mean, when you when you train together at the at the tournaments, you probably also see a lot uh, what's what's happening on the other courts,
1: right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think. Especially uh, the Asians have a completely different approach to to training than than we do, and uh, obviously it works for them pretty well. Uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, it might be also a little tougher for the body sometimes. They, I know that like the Taiwanese, for example, they do rounds of ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty minutes of attacking uh, two against two, and just the defense is switching out, for example, and like. If we go 110% intensity like we do normally in our one and a half, two minutes interval, uh, then like, we would be <laughs> completely wasted uh, <laughs> after these 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, they they have a different style then. They take it a little bit more easy, but of course they also get more reps. Um, so yeah, it, it's very very interesting to see the different approaches and I think all of them are effective in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to find your way.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, if you if you only see it from the outside and see how they train uh, the same exercise for 20 minutes, you would probably feel like they um, are like way fitter than you guys are. But as you said, it's about the intensity, right? That's the difference in that, in that situations. Yeah, yeah so interesting
1: approaches so it, it yeah. can make a big difference. Also, like if you go 100% speed to a corner and then 100% sp- speed out, it just mm-hmm. takes so much more from your body and also from your mind, actually, uh, compared to if you go, only go eighty percent. And uh, yeah, as I said, both can be effective, and you in the end need to be able to do both. Um, but we are more used to uh, two minutes full gas and not <laughs> twenty minutes half gas.
0: Yeah, I mean, you also said uh, it takes a lot from your from your body, and I mean, you you guys are playing a lot of tournaments and. Obviously, you're training a lot and you have a lot of training times too. But uh, would you say right now uh, that the pencil of tournaments is a little too much? I mean, you also have the league, then you have some team tournaments coming up. So,
1: Yeah, Um, I think, yes. Nevertheless, of course, everybody can choose not to play all the tournaments. Mm -hmm. Well, at least they're not top committed players. Uh, I think one of the others also mentioned it, like if you're a top 10 player, then you kind of have to play all the 750 and 1,000 tournaments that are out there. Um, so they cannot choose completely on their own. But I, for myself, of course, could say, hey, I only want to play, let's say, 14 tournaments a year. Mm-hmm. So I only play 14 tournaments a year. But then like, when you, of course, know, okay, there are only 32 players uh, who are able to uh, enter in these tournaments and... You need to be under uh, 32 in the world ranking uh, then it can also be a little tricky if you don't perform well in a few tournaments and for example now we didn't perform well in three tournaments in a row already so mm-hmm. uh, it could go down in the rankings quite fast um, and therefore it's a fine line between hey how much can we play how much should we play how much do we want to train how much do we need to train um, and yeah the balance there is is very difficult to hit and i think the ones who do it best also have the highest ranking at the end of the year.
0: And who do you take those decisions by yourself or is it to, uh, probably together with the training uh, trainers, right,
1: coaches uh, to get together with the coaches for sure. Um, I think they have something in their mind where they think, okay, this could make sense and this could make sense. And we, of course, also have it, um, but. I mean, so many things can change so fast, uh, if you look at the injury of Mark, for example. Um, I think we sh- would have played at least five more tournaments last mm-hmm. year. Uh, if you would have been fit, And yeah, then you suddenly have to adjust. Uh, also, then maybe at the end of the year, you have to play suddenly way more tournaments than the ones that were planned initially. And uh, yeah, it can, it can change fast, but in the end, we take the decision together and uh, come together as a team to try to find the best solution for for everybody.
0: And when you play those tournaments, um, I mean, it's more or less, for the big tournaments that you play right now, it's more or less the same opponents every every week. So it's the same people playing them, more or less. Obviously there's a little bit of a rotation, um, but do you still have like highlights in that tournaments or is it more like it's more or less the same this week, we India, now it's Thailand, now it's Indonesia, but it's more or less the same
1: atmosphere, Um, the same vibe. I I think everybody has their favorites of tournaments. Um, Some are for sure greater than others. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are just located better, some have better fans, Uh, some have maybe the nicer hotels or whatever it is. (laughs) so, I was definitely not looking forward to India. <laughs> I think you heard it also in the other uh, episodes. Like, it's it's a tough place to be in and you always have to be careful with the food. And this mm-hmm. time, I myself also had like a really bad experience. I uh, mm-hmm. was on the toilet for quite a few hours, uh, to be honest. And I uh, was really, really sick on the travel day to uh, to Indonesia as well. Um, okay. So, yeah, these are some tournaments that you don't look forward to, um, mm-hmm. but then on the other hand, for example, here in Thailand, I think it's it's fantastic, the, uh, the hotel is great, the biggest hotel gym that I've ever seen before, uh, and, <clears throat> yeah, the hall is uh, in walking distance, oh, that's and all cool. this stuff, so uh, you have a few places that are just uh, made for these tournaments, and... Uh, then of course you have the really big ones like Indonesia Open, All England Open, China Open, uh, Malaysia uh, where you just know, okay, it's gonna be a huge crowd on from day one, uh, they're gonna cheer for you and uh, no matter if you win or lose it will be a, an amazing atmosphere. Um, so yeah, this is definitely something that you look forward to. Um, and last but not least I would say the home tournaments like Hilo Open, German Open is is always great like the the atmosphere there the love that you get from the fans is just it's just incredible and i think we also saw last year at the Hilo open uh, like it's it's really really nice for us players to get this kind of support um feeling the uh, amount of support that the players uh, that the fans can can provide for the players and yeah that is definitely special
0: yeah, I mean, when you now talk about the, the Halle Open last year, I was, I, mean, I was happy to be there as well and experience that because already for me that was super special and I can only imagine how the feeling must have been for you guys. Um, for me, it was so cool to see that we can create this kind of atmosphere in Germany at badminton tournaments. Um, yeah. And again, shout out to the, to the fan clubs that we had there uh, for cheering so loud. And also after you, you guys played your, your semifinal match and you lost, they were just standing out there for like... 20, 30 minutes, didn't stop (laughs) shouting your names. That was so cool to see. Um,
1: Definitely, unforgettable.
0: And we have, we have a home tournament coming up in in April again. I mean, we have the German Open before that, don't want to, want to pass that. That's also going to be great. But then we also have the uh, European championships on home soil again in Saarbrücken Um, and I guess that's also going to be one of the special tournaments for you this year, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, very close to the Olympics. From uh, like how high it is in my career goals, basically. Because mm-hmm. uh, as many might know, I was born in Sebrücken also, so it's a real home tournament for me. And uh, yeah, if if we can somehow manage to perform well there and maybe even get the title on Sunday, it would mean the world to me. And. Uh, yeah, uh, as you said, like I'm already looking forward to all the people coming to support us. Uh, it will be amazing for sure, and yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that tournament.
0: I mean, we can use we can use that to do some promotion for it um, because also for the fans, it's going to be a special tournament. I'm I'm kind of involved in the tournament, so I know what's what's what we are planning, and uh, we're having this uh, two session uh, thing. I think it's the first time that we do it uh, at tournaments in in Zabrücken that we have a, a day session and an evening session and in the evening session we're going to have all the highlight matches so uh, i think you you guys oh, will nice also one. play will also play in the evenings more often um and the idea is to kind of create like this final stay atmosphere like every single day from from the start that's cool um so we only have one or um, i think max two matches playing at the same time and therefore we can like put on a greater show and they have the focus on those matches. Yeah, okay, that's nice. So I think it's gonna be a really cool I idea. I like that idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: everybody who has not yet bought his tickets for Saarbrücken, just do it right now. <laughs> it's gonna be an amazing tournament. Go check it out. EM minus DE. Get your tickets now. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um yeah this week is coming up. Uh, another another um important important week. You said now you the table changed a little bit. Um what are you? What are you heading into? Are you feeling fit? Are you feeling good again after your
1: uh, India experience? Yeah, my body is fine. Uh, that's that will not be the problem for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to step on court again, and also, I'm I'm really eager to perform better than the last three weeks. I really want to show that it's still in us that that, that we can perform well, and I just want to go out there and play. You know. Uh, Competing is the most fun thing uh, in these four weeks, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, I would just love to win some matches. Uh, It would be so fun. And uh, yeah, so of course expectations are there, but I think what the last three weeks showed is that going into matches with expectations is is not the best thing to do. I think Mm -hmm. if you manage to stay humble in your mind and enjoy the process a little more and um, try to give everything on court and leave everything out there um, then the results will come by its own um, because we know that we can play badminton but sometimes it's just tough to, to put it on court when it's needed um, but I think we found a good approach and we can do that this week
0: but would you say that the last few uh, three weeks you, you... What
1: is it a little bit too much, or you forced it a little bit too much in the first week, there was definitely something like this. Um, there was some some tension inside us that didn't make us perform well. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the second and third tournament i mean we, we we played the winners of both tournaments actually in the first round yeah. So it, it's <laughs> it's also a tough draw then. So we we lost to Kang and Seo in India, who are also obviously world champions and world two final winners, I think, and then also India Open winners. Um, that was an okay match; they were just better. Like mm-hmm. I have to admit that also then. And against Kanando Martín, I think we we performed okay, um, but could have done a, a little better job in the crucial moments. Um, yep. And. I mean, of course, they also won again on home soil, uh, back-to-back Indonesia Masters winners, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I felt that we could have done a little better of a job and this week we will we will do that.
0: How do you, how do you prepare your matches then? I mean, you, you're playing so many tournaments throughout the year and also quite some years now for you. Um, it's not that you're uh, just starting the, this off and it's kind of I mean isn't it kind of the same every time but still different in a way?
1: Yeah, I, I think that that fits perfect this description. <laughs> like uh, you you always figure something out about yourself, about your partner, about uh, how you feel that is somehow new. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's difficult to describe but uh, yeah, it's very difficult I would say to do the same thing every time, or well, not not doing the same thing, but feeling the same way all the time. I think there's always something different uh, after every week. Um, just, it's difficult to put into words, but um, the mental approach to the game on this level is so important uh, that it's, yeah, it can be crucial for, or can determine if you win or lose, and to stay in the right uh, shape of mind is, uh, it's difficult to do and therefore as you said it's kind of different every time although it's the same
0: yeah i mean no no more questions around that i think it's just the way it is and you just have to work your, <laughs> yeah. yourself through um and i'm fingers across for for the, for this week i have one question here that i that i had before um and then when you ta- when you talked about uh, training with different people and uh, and ingo also um what does it take for you to be a good coach is it Is it important that it was a pro player, or do you think it's
1: like before um, the experience no uh, to this certain question it's definitely a no because I have had many coaches in my career already that has not been professional players, and for example, now you have a Ludwigs now coaches also or has also not been a professional player he played some international series and challenge tournaments so he, mm-hmm. he had a decent level but definitely not pro um, and i can definitely say that he's a good coach uh, he has his own style but he definitely uh, can get the best out of you so um, yeah it doesn't have to be a pro player but of course former pro players uh, can have certain extras uh, especially when it comes to feeding for example um we have Mass Conrad as a as a little mentor and also a sparring partner uh, once in a while. And of course when he steps on court with us and can still produce like Jill Clark I would say some moments of magic um <laughs> then you can see that it's of course different than when a non-pro player steps on court and feeds you. Um so yeah, and also especially from the mental side, I think uh, when somebody has been in the exact same position as you are at the moment and has lived through it and found his way of dealing with it, then it's definitely different and can be very beneficial um, to have this as a as a coach. Um, but it doesn't have to be like this.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that there are some stories that are uh... Or some moments where they can really help or really have an impact but um yeah interesting yeah, yeah. to to get your point of view on that because i was also wondering um how important this is for you at players um that you know okay this person has had the same situations had you know he knows what he's talking about but i also like from my perspective i also think that probably you don't have to be a pro to understand the game in that way and to understand uh what you guys should do in those situations. But obviously, if you know that this uh, person has been in the same situations, it probably gives more trust
1: and something like that. You agree? Yeah, it can be, of course, a little bit easier to believe in it. But um, for example, a guy like Jeppe, uh, like you can see that he's working so much and that he really thinks through everything and looks at so many matches and so many statistics and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then he also gives you some feedback where you just think like wow okay yeah I I am a pro player and I haven't thought about that so mm-hmm. I, they, that also builds some trust uh, that's for sure and then maybe even if you doubted him a little bit in the beginning you just get the feeling more and more okay he knows what he's talking about um, but of course this is also necessary um, like he has to have this extra motivation to work hard, um, because he has not been in the whatever, all England semi-final and can tell you, uh, hey, this is what you can do there, because Mm -hmm. he has not experienced this on his own. Um, But yeah, I would say, if somebody is able to put the same work in uh, to know all these things and to give you the right feedback that um, a pro player has given into his career, Mm-hmm. Then of course, why shouldn't he be able to to give you the right feedback? Um, because in the end, it's all knowledge and uh, wisdom that you can get also just from from hearing, seeing, um, experiencing yep. it, and therefore you don't have to be a pro player.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good wrap up. I have one more I have one more question that uh, something that I discussed with Kirsty was, for example, that uh, Team Scotland. Uh, we're talking about that different teams have different um, obviously budget and also different uh, opportunities. And for example, that they don't have a physio with them every time. Um, mm. And that for example, I know for team Germany that you usually have somebody traveling with you. Um, and for things like this, would you say you've been on the tour like for, I don't know, 10 years now, right?
1: You, yeah, yeah. Some kind of something thing like that. Kind of.
0: um, would you say what, have, what has changed since you first started the team? Uh, start the, the, to come to the team or do you have some stories from players before you that have different situations?
1: You mean from the setup mainly yeah. or also for me personally? Both I, is interesting. I, I would say from the, setup, <laughs> uh, for, from the setup, not too much has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has been more or less the same over the last 8-10 years. Um, we have had physios before and we have physios now, um, the persons changed, yep. uh, so yeah, it was, it was not always the same and also now like, we have actually quite a big pool of uh, physios that, that travel with us because obviously it's, it's very difficult to have one person traveling with us 24 weeks of a year or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to how many tournaments we play, and so yeah, there is a rotation system in the physios who are coming with us. Um, but it also has been like this all those years um, I think what if, what have, has changed more is how we as players uh, prepare and perform on tournaments mm-hmm. um, I would say unfortunately we had to learn a lot of this on our own because we did not travel too much with older players uh, who could teach us Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we got on tour, uh, it was like uh, an older generations in Germany stopping, like Michael Fuchs, Ingo, for example, uh, Johannes Schöttler, Vicent Michels, Oberzier now again. Um, all these players who could have given a lot of advice if we would have spent more time with them, mm-hmm. but they retired. So we s- stepped on court and. Like of course had a coach with us, but yeah, there we I think we should have gotten a little bit more advice on hey this you can do in the weight room during uh, three weeks in Asia and here mm-hmm. you can do this and this amount of training is actually needed. Uh, I think we wasted a little bit of time there um, and could have done a little better in the first few years. Um, and I think nowadays we we use the time that we have between tournaments on tour a lot better um the amount of training we do is higher the amount of training we do especially in the weight room also is much higher mm-hmm. um, so yeah i think that is the biggest thing that changed but that comes with experience and knowing your body and yeah, travel uh surroundings better
0: but do you guys i mean as you said it's, it's also totally uh, individual how what your body needs and what you can do um but would you say like you all have a, a similar approach now In terms of how much time you spend, or is there still a difference? And some just need more, and some
1: I think, from timing wise, we we do more or less the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but the like, especially in the weight room, what we do can be very different, Uh, yeah, really very, very different. And that depends on your body uh, a lot. And obviously, uh, somebody like Isabel, uh, who is almost never injured, (laughs) has to or can do different stuff in the weight room than other people. Without calling
0: next <laughs> yeah, that's that's a gift not being injured for so long. That's really cool. Let's hope it stays that yeah. way. True. Um, sure. Marvin, I have uh, one last thing to to wrap it up. Um, we have uh, the
1: big four. four. Uh, well, yeah.
0: The big four. Um, yeah. I know that you you've listened to the other episodes, so you are prepared, I guess.
1: <laughs> I am.
0: Let me let me know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Big four. Um, so first thing I would say is my love for details is mm-hmm. defining me a little bit. Um, it can be like various things. Like when the spin surf came out, <laughs> I, I was spending so much time figuring out how it's do- uh, how it's uh, doable. And, and you did it just from the video. Can right? be... There was nobody who told you. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, and then of course, like the training partners at one point also mm-hmm. tried it, and we. Gave each other advice and yeah, yeah. Um But then it can also be like digging deep in the badminton statistics and looking who has a chance to qualify here or there, or who will be seated in this tournament and what mm-hmm. can make sense to do because of that. And like this kind of stuff, I also love. And it, it's not that I do this all the time, but then when I do it, then I look at it. Really good, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, 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 um, totally. And know. also some some organizing stuff, um, like planning. Sometimes I feel like okay, at, at this tour I can do the planning better than like our sports director to do because I can just spend more time at it, and then I do the like which hotels do we go in, which flights should we take, and I just just take over the For sports real? director role maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do that, and I love that and uh yeah for example in in malaysia uh, i also did the planning for the hotels and uh, we managed to get like uh, a club lounge upgrade and therefore were able to spend a lot of time in the lounge there and get free food and free drinks and all the stuff for one week uh, mm-hmm. which also saved all of us quite a lot of money um that was nice and yeah things like this random kind of i love I
0: I just I saw know, that the that. that the German Federation uh just uh is looking for a new sports
1: director. <laughs> would that be something for you <laughs> in the future maybe? I, it, it actually would definitely be. I w- I would yeah. love that. I am yeah, I'm a lot into organizing and planning and uh yeah. I think it would suit my personality quite well.
0: That's nice. Then you're the complete but opposite to me. I still have me. a few
1: ye- <laughs> <laughs> but I still have a few more years of badminton ahead of me, so not yes. for now, but maybe in ten years, who knows? Maybe I'm a sports director of German Veterans Federation. I hope they keep
0: it in mind. They keep it in mind. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the love, the love for detail is the and organization. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. The second thing I would say, um, my wife, um, she has been a part of my life for many, many years. Uh, we got together when I was 13 years old, actually, so now mm-hmm. almost 15 years. And she has lived with me through all the badminton career steps that are out there, and knows me very well. Has, um, yeah, changed my way of thinking uh, a lot. And uh, yeah, we developed together, I would say. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for her input uh, and just different views that she can provide because she's not a badminton player. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this definitely is a defining thing in my life. Uh, well, I don't want to call my wife a thing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yes. A big part uh, of my life, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, yeah, that's very important for me. Okay. Perfect. Um, that's two out of four. Next is yeah. Yeah. Uh, first was love for details. Now it's love for mini games. So <laughs> if you want to challenge me at anything. Uh, as a stupid of a game it can be I'm up for it like directly you don't even have to ask you just have to say hey I have this okay let's do it Uh, and (laughs) probably I will if I lose spend a hundred hours until we meet uh, next time and I will beat your ass
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's also something that I experienced already like when you did the this uh Trick trick shot in those cups during COVID, for example. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't want to want to know how much time you spend on that, um, or like random bottle yeah. flips during training sessions, something like that.
1: Correct. Yeah, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. I I really love.
0: Yeah, that's. I'm going to come up with something um, for the next tournament that we meet. Please, please do <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, nice um, Minigames? games.
1: Yeah, last. Last but not least is uh, hobbies outside of batman. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I love minigames but I also love other sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people doubt that these are real sports but for example billiards and uh, golf and mm-hmm. like, this kind of sports darts uh, that are uh, not very active I would say mm-hmm. but uh, can give you peace of mind or maybe also angry, <laughs> maybe <it's laughs> making you angry sometimes. Um, but yeah, I I really love or enjoy the competition part in everything, and uh, I found that these three, for example, are really fun for me. Um, although golf. Now I, I stopped actually after European games um, just to make sure that I don't play too much and that I okay. can focus more on the badminton part because <laughs> I was spending a, a lot of time playing it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, all this other stuff I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, I, I do a lot of stuff actually besides badminton uh, to clear my mind. But do you just uh, enjoy playing those sports or do
0: you also watch them and follow them? Both. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I I know quite a lot, I would say, <laughs> especially <laughs> about golf. Like, I'm I'm quite a nerd when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too much into golf yet. Um for me, but I always watch the the darts um world championships. Uh, that's that's but yeah, during the um, year I don't really follow it too much, but every time for this for this event, I'm turning into a little fan as well. But yeah, that's that's good to know. Nice. That's good to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, For darts, actually, this year I I didn't watch much, to be honest, Mm -hmm. Uh, also because uh, we were flying away to Dubai and all this stuff. Um, But, yeah, I think I I follow it more than probably others would do.
0: Yeah. Nice. Cool. Marvin, I think that's that's a really good first episode.
1: Um, Yeah, but uh, it doesn't stop here, actually. I thought, you you always ask questions about us, but uh, I think we should also start asking questions about you, our host, Tommy. Oh, um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I will ask you three questions uh, at the end of every, every episode. Okay. Two badminton related and one non badminton related. Okay. Um, I hope that's fine for you. Totally. Uh, so people get to know you better as well. Mm-hmm. And um, first thing would be who's your favorite non-European badminton player? You have to call one name, yeah, or two, like in a double combination. Mm. It's also fun. Non-European
0: is actually it's 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 tough for me because I really I really followed the Europeans a lot, obviously, also due to my job at Badminton Europe. Um, I know
1: you would have said Marvin Idol, of course. So therefore, I had to yeah, say that would have been too easy, like, too <laughs> easy. Or Michael, Fuchs, that would have also been fun. <laughs> um, I think
0: non-European. Um, yeah, right now I think I have to say uh, Anse Young. Um, oh yeah, I didn't really have her uh, on my list until uh, the last German Open, where I was working for Badminton Europe, and um, there she really played a great tournament. And also uh, Toby Wadenka, um, who was also working with me in the media team, he was uh, really obsessed with her with her game, and he really was like, "Oh, she's." so good it's so powerful it's so nice to watch and then i started paying attention to it it was really impressive um and then a week later uh, she played she won the all england and um i was sitting courtside on her uh, during her semi-finals match against uh, Tai Tzu ying and the crowd was going crazy it was such a cool match and it was the what well, i would say one of the best three matches that i've witnessed live um and it was a women's singles match, and I was I was crazy. I was like totally stunned from from the performance and the, the atmosphere there. Uh, and uh, that day, I became a little fanboy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I totally young would get be that. the answer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I also really enjoy her playing style. She makes it look so easy, and uh, she's so composed all the time. And then also her celebrations. Yeah, like, that, that was the it. best
0: actually. I uh, mean. I do videos, uh, so I love I love to get the reactions from from players and I get to try to get uh, emotions, you know. And for her, when she when she won yeah. that match, she just went crazy and was celebrating herself in a way that you don't see too often, in in yeah. women's singles or f- from from women at all. And then also uh, from from uh, from an Asian player that was so cool. That was really impressive. and I was like, wow, she has really cool power.
1: Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, nice. Very and good answer. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, next one, actually you asked me the same thing earlier. What is your most anticipated tournament of the year? I think you might have a different approach to it than us mm-hmm. players, because you're more of a fan, I would say, although mm-hmm. of course you work in the industry, but mm-hmm. um, I think you you look for different things than we do, so uh, yeah, what is your favorite tournament of the year? Um...
0: I think obviously it's one of those tournaments that I can visit because it's always so much fun to be to be on site Um, and just to be around uh, all of you players and also just get the atmosphere. Um, And I was really looking forward. Last year it was the World Championships in Copenhagen. That was really cool because for me it was my first World Championships. um, And uh, I think Royal Arena also is a really cool, cool place. And I was really looking forward to that and that was really nice. And then also with uh, Kim and Anders having their big run um, and just getting the home crowd involved. I think that's always the best, no matter w- which tournament you are. If there's some uh, player from that country having a good run and getting uh, f- getting the crowd involved, and also making sure that people are coming to the arena and it's and it's crowded and we have a great atmosphere, I think that's what I enjoy most um, as a fan. Um, yeah, and this year obviously it's going to be the European Championships in in Saarbrücken. Uh, it's also a whole tournament for us. And, and for me, I've been with the Hilo Open for 10 years now. It's also quite some time. Um, so it's really special oh, yeah. to have this European Championships in Saarbrücken. And I hope that we can uh, capture this atmosphere. First we create it and then we have to capture it and show people that we can uh, organize a really cool tournament in Germany. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Nice.
1: I will try to be part of it.
0: <laughs> yes. <So I> think... <laughs> We need we need you guys to, to start big runs, no pressure, but uh <laughs> kidding. But Hilo was amazing. Yeah. Hilo was amazing. So if we can create that
1: again, that would be yeah, a dream. Yeah. We will do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. And the last question is a non-related uh question. Badminton non-badminton related question. Mm-hmm. Um how does your perfect off day look? Like you don't have anything uh No plans, nothing special, just you can do whatever you want to. Mm.
0: Um, So usually I I love to sleep very long, Um, but I'm starting to realize that I feel better when I get up early and get something done. So use the day a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the perfect off day I would get up early not too early maybe around eight thirty, nine. 9 get some uh, go to the gym get some sport done um, and then just have a free day either with my girlfriend or with uh, good friends around and uh, good weather sun is really important I love the sun um, doesn't have to be somewhere special I don't need the beach or, or uh, mountains or anything I just need a the right people around me and the good weather good cup of coffee some exercise yeah that's actually it nothing sounds, crazy
1: sounds really good
0: just no yeah. no stress in my head
1: sounds, yeah sounds like something i would enjoy a lot <laughs> nice I yeah hope many of you guys who are listening can relate to this as well
0: yeah i mean right now i'm 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 not working too much to be honest because i i'm, I'm have this part-time job for the for the European Championships and then some freelance uh, stuff. But with if you do so much, if you do like many little uh, freelance projects, there's always something in your head. You know, like, yeah, you gotta do something here, yeah. you gotta do something there. And when I was with Badminton Europe, it was more like, or with other jobs before, it was like, you get the job done and then you're off. And now it's more like, I don't really have all those deadlines, um, but there's always something in your head. It's never. It never stops. You can always do it in another social media post. There's always something going on on social media, um, so turning that off uh, is is really important for me at the moment. And and uh, enjoying those moments where you really say, "Okay, now I put my phone away. Let social media be social media, and uh, just take your head off." Yeah, yep. Nice. That's a good off day for me. Thanks for the questions. I wasn't prepared. Um,
1: <laughs> that but was the nice.
0: idea. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you so much. Marvin, I really enjoyed this. Um, first Me episode too. for us is in the books. Good luck for the week. Um, Thank you. And Pretty we s- see you in two weeks in Poland.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh, in Lodge. Um,
0: and I'll I'll come up with a mini game.
1: <laughs> okay
0: going to challenge you.
1: I'm ready, whatever it might be. Yeah, i got to figure something out. Maybe, maybe the listeners can send some suggestions for a minigame. Send some
0: minigames, and we're going to record a yeah. challenge in Lodge. Cool. Thanks, Marvin. Um, yeah, good, good night almost for you. It's uh, What time is it? No, it's 8, 8 p.m. on the Monday. Fine. That's fine. Good luck for your match, and uh, yeah, talk Thank to you, you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See you, Tommy. Bye-bye.